Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? It's fantastic. It's uh, summer, yay! Always. I think. I think every time summer. we're in summer for the last many years, we're doing this. I, I get happy. I'm uh, on at the beginning <laughs> of the show. It's always like summer, and they're like, "Oh God, it's just get outside, get some, yeah, if, 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 get some vitamin D." Right. And people all are listening stuff, to this especially, in the time, and they're like, God, "Especially this summer." I hate this guy. Just so happy in the summer. <laughs> if they're if somebody joins, picks up the podcast in six months, and it's like, I'm going to go back and listen to some of the backlog. Right. Well, I hope you didn't start at episode one, yeah. but uh, you, you get all, you yeah, get all happy. It's, from uh, no, I. It's uh, it's Canada Day. Oh, happy Canada in, Day! That's in, awesome. Everywhere, July first, yeah, two thousand twenty. Very cool. We're halfway. We're halfway through this year, and hopefully, on the on the uh, the other side of the. The, the hill whatever man that makes me sad because i hate that it's half over man no i mean no i mean no but the year has been awful like we wanted oh to that's be. true that's very true <laughs> we wanted to be over you're 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 very right okay uh, you know what i take it back you're right and you know there's that has been something i i have uh this week's covid covid comment has been that um i had a night where i wanted to oh i wasn't feeling well there was a night last this last week where mm-hmm. i just had one day where i I had, I think, I ate some a bad piece of fish or something. I, I had two seafood sure. things the night before. And the next day, my, I had stomach issues, like, and it was gone the next day. But I slept. It made me sleep a lot, and I was just hmm. out for the count. And I think this was mm-hmm. Saturday, and it came to be. It was Saturday, and then it, Saturday night, I slept a good six hours from like I went to bed at four and woke. No, no, no. I went to bed at two in the afternoon and woke up at eight, and I was like, I. I'm I'm better now and I want to go back out and I get some food. I'm hungry, really eat today, and I decided to go out to eat, not necessarily to sit mm. at a restaurant, but to go get yep. something, right? I can do that now. Restaurants mm-hmm. are at 50% capacity, everybody's open type thing. Um Right, right. But let me tell you, at least here, they're still not open full time. They everything is like closing super early. It was driving around town at eight o'clock at eight to eight thirty at night, and everything is closed. I was like, I had to go to mm. Cracker Barrel that closed at nine o'clock <laughs> to get something. I mean, I'm sure that everybody's short staffed, right? I'm sure. I'm I'm sure yeah. there's all sorts of the reasons yeah. and it makes sense, but it was just it was again aware that just because it's summertime, which I felt great, like it's the the sun was setting, I was driving with the top down, it's warm outside with warm wind and breezes, and it's like this is a fantastic summertime. It's you know, you get mm-hmm. that it's starting to get nighttime, you can go out, go to the bar, go get some drinks, go do something sit on the square and watch people because it's so nice out. No, because everybody's in their house, everything's shut down, and there's no traffic. And sure. It, it's like ghost town again. I'm like, it felt like I'm in a really small, small, small town. Um, and everyone hmm. sleeps. So it that's that's my that. COVID experience this year. It, I almost forgot that it was still COVID times. And then, I mean, I didn't really, but going out and, and noticing it. You, you know, there's still traffic and there's sure. still people out here and there, so... Yeah, the traffic's picking back up. We went out uh, Monday, mm-hmm. which is what the listener won't, I mean, unless they look at a calendar and do the math backwards. Uh, we're recording on a Wednesday instead of our customary Monday. Uh, because Monday we went out a couple days late for Father's Day mm-hmm. uh, with my parents and, and everybody. We went up to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and we went to a microbrewery that was pretty pretty empty inside, which... Gave me a little peace of mind because, um, you know, whatever. Uh, but, um, yeah, that was the first 
I mean, that was the. Fr- I mean, I guess Dad and I have gotten burritos once yeah. when we went to the DIY store. But other than that, like, I haven't gone. I've gotten meals from our local um, beer and burger place, but I've always done carry out. Like, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna go in there and sit by myself. Sure. It's not like they have a bar open or anything. I, I think I, um, I think I've sat down in one place. I can't think of what it was. Nobody was in there, but everything else I've still done carry right. out. And yeah, I mean. Part of the, for me as an extrovert guy, part of going out is kind of being amongst the people and all the things doing, people doing the stuff. And even if I'm like, sure, I've always enjoyed for many years, I've always enjoyed taking my kid to school at eight and I don't have to go to work till nine. And I go to a coffee shop somewhere near my work and read a book for an hour. And that is Mm -hmm. good to me and recharges me because so many people are around. It's just always a nice background noise, but oh yeah, right. Yeah. But I there's no point in that now. Like I when I went to <laughs> Cracker Barrel, which is usually bustling at that time of night, there's hardly anyone yeah, there. Yeah. There was no one in the store part, and I just ordered to go. And it's just like I don't want to sit down cause to an empty room just by myself. That's not what I wanted to do. So anyway, that's the I was re- reminded of the of the, the COVID times. There's so getting past <laughs> this year. Yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope we can all hope, right, that uh, six months goes by, they have a vaccine, and then we can all get to some kind of what we used to be, um, some some normalcy. Yeah, yeah. right. It, um, even our normal now is is definitely changed pretty hardcore right. still. Even you know opening up. Or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I did. I did it's uh, it's something that we uh, something that we haven't done this summer, which maybe we haven't even. I don't think we've talked about this on the show, but if you were listening to the show uh, last year at in July, like we were talking about Gen yeah. Con every week, yeah. And there's and there's none of that because Gen Con official in person is canceled. Yeah, they are doing some kind of Gen Con online, yeah. and we and and our group are are doing what's either Fox Gen Con two or three which doesn't make any sense uh because we did that earlier in the year before the stuff started yeah or before things got locked down um we're calling i don't know i called it gen con offline which is a throwback joke but yeah um uh fox is driving out and i'm gonna come down i think also with uh with sarah and andrew again and we're gonna spend a weekend at trotsky's that's at the end of july so right you know Hopefully yeah, the the things are. I had I had that you know yeah you have like by then. scents at C S C E N T S something you smell or something Sense. and it kind sure. of just, I had that as I was driving down the highway tonight uh, just for a moment because mm. this is the the time of year where I drive up to Indy with the top down and go to Gen Con and ready for that whole weekend and spend it up in Indy mm. and I thought oh yeah I just don't I'm not gonna have that which you know little it's it's clearly sad um, but. Ugh. yeah yeah i mean like i said when we heard the news like i can't think of something i do that is more um more the opposite of social distancing than uh the i mean at yeah, least since sure. i left bloomington for sure there was well when i lived in town i used to go to the bluebird the music bar at least once a month yeah and get down there by the stage right where you're I just like you. bumping up against people and your whole like uh, yeah. So that's pretty bad, but the the exhibit hall at in at Gen Con is is about as bad uh, because there oh, yeah, are people they, they... from all over, right? People fly in from you know across the world 
for that yeah. event and and not to scare yeah, those extrovert introvert people but three foot or three foot distance means that there's a big gap that somebody's going to fill in a second and that makes it all yeah 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 your people are bumping into you with their giant bags all the time <laughs> yeah if you're in that main exhibit hall yeah i mean it, it's definitely uh, yeah so i don't know if there's still yeah i don't know if there's anything to talk about about um us us getting together i mean we're going to play some games and it'll be fun and we'll have yeah some chats about it we might we might try to record while i'm down there i don't know it's our it's our uh it's our break in the quarantine type stuff (laughs) kind of type thing yeah yeah we're we're, uh, you know accepting the all that comes with um you know hanging out with people and not just like two or three people but like a lot of people from all over the country um Mm -hmm. in one weekend so we've got some people coming in this year from ohio and yeah, so we're oh yeah we're, we're just going to be a center of where it's at. I mean, it's not really going to matter anyway because here in Bloomington, IU is going back to full online uh, in person classes. So we're getting everybody from all over the world in this little area. So mm. we're going to be exposed to it here, everything that possible here around that time anyway. So might as well jump in the deep end. Cool. It's all the same. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Um. So what else? I I went over to the house. A couple more times got uh we spent saturday uh again for father's day andrew and i cleaning out my dad has a workshop with all of his woodworking tools big table saw and workbench and stuff that he and andrew built probably like eight or nine years ago yeah and uh it was just a mess right there's like big piles of sawdust there's half finished projects between david and andrew and i and i think sarah was doing some stuff in there um, it was just a mess. So Andrew and I spent most of the day Saturday cleaning that up. That was our Father's Day gift yeah. uh, activity. Um, Isn't it funny, like mom, my mom always used to say for Mother's Day, she all she wanted was a clean house. <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, it what wasn't. Gift, uh, right? I don't. You know? <laughs> we weren't. We weren't going to do gift kind of things anyway. We actually talked about going fishing mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um. But my dad did something to his foot, just like a minor sprain or something. Mm-hmm. And we're like, he's not going to want to, you know, sit in a boat all day or like walk on a hike or anything yeah. like that. Why don't we do this instead? Yeah, smart. Uh, smart. Anyway, that was that was Saturday. And then I went over Sunday and cut the rest of that trim. Um, that'll all need to be painted and stuff. Yeah. So nothing super exciting. I, I got uh, I got it. I've been doing a lot of of interesting little things this last week um as i tend to do when sid's gone i i catch up and do a bunch of little extra stuff namely i've um i watched uh silly things like rambo the last the newest rambo that came out and i've seen them all so i thought i'd watch the last one which was good because it was was pretty much an ending to the series um and in a nice kind of way and I watched the first, I've never watched Harmon's Quest, so I watched the first episode of that, see what that was about. Hmm. Um, I watched that for a while. Yeah. It's, um, what did you think of that? I mean, I I got the feeling that after so many that I'm not going to want to watch anymore, but right. but I but I liked it for what it was. I, it, you know, I, I think some people would see it. I, I've seen a couple of these things before where people will try, celebrities will get on and they'll try to like show you a D and D or role playing and they'll try to make it like, Hey, it's, this is actually cool and fun. And they're trying to get it across to people that 
that this is a fun, pleasant time between friends, which they do on these shows, but it's nothing like sure. actual playing those games, right? Like, yeah, it's it's a little bit like uh, you know, a lot of people like Critical Role, and Critical Role is definitely like they're still playing sort of how normal people play, um, but Harmon Quest is so produced, yeah, um, and they do weird things like the only the dm rolls dice like the players are they're all actors and writers so they're acting and writing and they're great they're very entertaining but it's it's yeah. nothing like you know playing an rpg with your just normal computer yeah, programmer at all, friends at all i mean there i'm sure there are some groups that play that way like the dm for Harmon's quest is great because he's you know he's got a thing he's got a, an outline and it goes with it and does a thing but it's you know 99% railroad and it's just what it is and none of it really has anything to do with any decisions they really make it's just kind of the dm says a thing happens then he moves to the next thing and he just pauses for a long time while they make jokes and have fun and are together which is also really great but again sure like i'm trying to think i'd always try to think if it was our group that would be great, it, but then it's not that like, different from how we do it, except none of us are as funny or right. as eloquent as right. as those guys. Like I take you guys down a pre pre written story, and you make jokes the whole way. Yeah, or or the thing about they do it too is that they're really good at riffing off each other. It seems so like yeah. you know one guy will and, do a thing, or one girl will do a thing, and then they all riff off that thing like oh i come in and do this thing They're like oh and I, and I start talking to you about that thing and then it's just this all plan because yeah good that's writers and that know. yeah that's a thing you get when when writers or comedians or you know like Im people who are more familiar with improv uh habits right. and practices and we do some of that too we're just not as good at it we're also playing on discord so we're dealing with lag and everybody yeah. talking at the same time and whatever that that stuff is all more smooth when when you're in person. I, I think that's a really good phrase or a term you just said there, improv. So my thoughts on Harmon yeah. Quest is that it's a cool improv in a funny D&D world, but it's not role-playing at all. They, yeah, they have a dice, but there's no rules at all, at all, right? He, 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 the DM will roll the dice and he'll say, it's a 13, and with all your bonuses, that's enough. Like, he never asks them for bonuses. They don't know their bonuses. They don't know anything. He just assumes that that's good enough. Yeah, right? it's a kind of it's a it's a particular kind of DMing, just like uh, Matt Mercer at Critical Role does his own style of DMing because he's working with all actors. Um, it's not the way that he does it is different from uh, what's his name. Harman. I want to say Phil. Something. Um, yeah, Dan Harmon is playing, but oh, his yeah Spencer G, his DM is or or GM because they're doing Pathfinder. Um, yeah. Like the GM is keeping track of everything. He's doing all the roles. He's got all the character sheets. He's doing all the math. The players are just making decisions and acting like they're not keeping track of any of the rules. Yeah. Right. Which again is a very different style of play than most groups doing either D and D or Pathfinder because right. they're very similar. Right. And, and there's very little actual rolling in, in the Harmon's quest game. Like at least in that first episode, right. like they have a whole combat thing and it works fantastic as if it was a show, but it's not like, you know, there was two roles, maybe three in the whole combat. Right. And they do. Yeah. And I don't know, like they play in front of an audience, but the published episodes seem 
very edited. I mean, they would have to be to have all those animated sequences. A thing they do that I think is kind of clever is they have guest players on and the guest players always get killed off. Um, yeah, which is right. kind of a funny. If you've only seen the first, maybe you didn't pick up on that yet. But I, I knew that um, that guy got everybody else got like four points of damage, and one guy's got like thirty nine in one shot. I was like, well, okay, he's clearly just killing off this guy. You know? Yeah, they the probably. Guy. I mean, there must have been enough people who wanted to be on Dan Harmon's D and D show that he was like, okay, we'll have guest uh, players on, but they'll they'll play you know a side NPC or something, and then they'll get killed off. Right. Right. Yeah, so, I, so I enjoy I enjoyed it. More people in, but it's just a, a a good I like you said improv a good improv show with uh, gaming wrappings is what it was right sure. and, and that's that's cool that's to, that's totally fine and but it, you know uh, it's, don't be confused that it's a game it's we're watching some people play D anD D so mm-hmm. I I watched like I said watch Harmon Quest uh, I did that. Watch some more Kim's Convenience because I'm taking my time with it because I like it so much. Um, mm. Watched uh, Artemis Fowl, which it's pretty good for Disney that they released that on Disney Plus because I think it would have done terrible in the theater. I think it would. <laughs> it's it's just not that interesting. It's it has sure. so many. I don't know anything about that. Uh, I didn't know anything about so. like the books or anything. I just saw the trailers and the trailers are trailers. They make it look kind of interesting or fun, like a summer movie. But if I had paid to watch this, I would have been like, oh man, what a waste of my time in the theater. <laughs> you know, really? Cause I watched it over yeah. like three episodes, three days and just watched it. Cause I know Sid's going to watch it and we'll talk about it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's meandering and has no point to a story and definitely feels like it's six books put into one. And you don't know what's happening. There's this one part. It seems to be a core part of the thing where this guy, the main character, catches a fairy and has him in a has her in a big cage because they're like kid size, right? Has him in a cage, sure. holds her prisoner, demands things from her, and then literally less than three hours later, he puts his hands at her and says, "Are can we can we trust each other? Can we be friends?" And she says. Sure, friends. And then they shake hands and I said, forever friends. I'm like, he was just a hostage. I mean, you it's what's happening in the show? Uh, and they take and yeah. it's all supposed to be kind of serious-ish, but not, you know. So I It's like when sometimes when people make movies or or shows for kids, like they think that they can get away with because sometimes they can get away with right. having sort of nonsensical or very rushed uh, stories that are just a series of scenes with no right with like chunks missing i mean the, you um, know harry potter's like made for or the first harry potter's made for like 12 year olds right like it's mm-hmm. at least got some uh, some meat to it this is like i think yeah sorry i don't i don't know that i that i completed that thought but oh, yeah. it's not not that you can like sometimes you can like if the if the spectacle is big enough and everything is mostly okay you can be like you know an adult watching it and you're like uh how did that happen so fast but if you don't have all of those other things and if there's not enough if what you're seeing is not interesting enough to keep you engaged and then your mind wanders a little bit and you're like what um how did these characters <laughs> get to this point this is so like um oh before we started the poster we watched uh 
or maybe it was just last Halloween, we watched um, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Right, the Halloween movie with the three witches. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's this whole, like, love story between the two teenagers, and I watched that with my youngest sister, who was 19 or 20 at the time, and she was very frustrated with how fast the relationship developed between these two characters. She's like, it was yesterday. She's like, she didn't know who he was yesterday. <laughs> right, um, right. And that's, but if like the other stuff going on has like sort of catchy songs and crazy big lines and whatever, like you can, it can distract you from, from those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. The, the this, this show was, I would say if I had to put it in an age group, I'd almost say it was for nine year olds that were maybe a little liked a little bit more to their story, but not really like, ah, I can only think that it's, it's below double digit age range. Cause it was that it was, <laughs> sure. that doesn't make sense. Like one of the big strong guys, right here, 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 this will set the whole tone for you. One of the big strong guys, an emotional thing happens and he goes up and he hugs somebody and he goes, not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry like that's the kind of movie it is, right that's the kind of movie it is like oh okay you know i get it now. okay um so anyway i know what i'm, I'm getting yeah into here. and i'm not sure i don't know how those movies do i guess things like um spy kids do really well right they i guess and mm -hmm. those are terrible movies um yeah i guess you gotta you gotta make movies for all age ranges so but putting this on disney plus wasn't terrible i know that that play that uh Oddly enough, that network struggles for content, but um, new new content, hmm. I should say. Sure, sure, sure. Right. Well, I mean, everything's production is slow. Yeah. Um, speaking of new content, we've got a little bit to get through here tonight. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about Harley Quinn? Oh my gosh! Uh, do we want to hit Harley Quinn? Um, and we've got so much. I guess we can do Harley Quinn. We got to be quick with it, though. The the <laughs> the season is done. Sure. Uh, don't uh, so, don't listen if you're gonna want to do spoilers from here on out. Just yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the bell. We're gonna spoil all of season two of the DC Universe animated series Harley Quinn. Uh, cool. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, mixed. I knew it was one of those things you you've said a couple thing times on other things is that you know. It's so it's always it's bittersweet. You'd said on some things before, you're like, no matter what, how this is going to sure. end, it's going to be bittersweet. I think that's why I knew it was going to happen with, with Harley Quinn too. It's that you you love Harley, you love Ivy, and you love Kite Man. You know, right. one of these things can't work right within right. this group. Right, it's Harley's going to be sad, Ivy's going to be sad, or Kite Man's going to be sad. So you know, it, it how it ended. Cool, I'm fine. They it's, had to. They had it's to pick a, a, had it's to a little. Yeah, it's a little abrupt and kind of heavy. It's the one sort of negative thing I've had to say about this show because we have raved about this show, yeah. how well written it is, how funny all these classic old school, like apparently Kite Man is from like the 50s or 60s. He's oh, a really? very okay. old character. Um, and and they've just like given them a new hilarious spin yeah. in this um, in this animated series. And... The, my one sort of complaint is that sometimes the male characters are kind of um, um, like not one dimensional, but like. Oh, they feel very one dimensional. I can, I'm like, I'm like that phrase. I don't want to say childish, maybe like sophomoric 
Yeah. Or like uh like the Harvey Dent character was just a punchline. Like yeah. the whole the whole thing was just and maybe that's not fair to say the male characters because um you know Psycho is fairly complex both um King Shark and uh um Clayface right. uh even Joker like have interesting complex sure. arcs um and that kind of stuff but to sort of bring this and and I guess this is the kind of thing that does happen sometimes in in real life too like to bring this suburban dream of their life together out of out of kite man here at the last at the last second um feels feels kind of abrupt and you're like okay we've been confused here but once you hear that you're like oh yeah ivy's not gonna go for that i see where now this is going right see where this is going now and and they really they really put that on him i mean they kind of mentioned a little bit here how he wants he likes just staying at home and sitting on the couch and making chili and, and he, he has, that's true they, that they started the bit. season with the with the slow cooker jokes and right. so that you're right it's not as abrupt as i but as but I still i mean when when he said the thing at the altar that was 100 percent okay we we're gonna give her everything she needs to for the audience to say yeah 100 percent don't go in that relationship right right like, right no one wants you into that kind of, no one wants to go into that kind of a thing and that's a joke and they're making now they're making a joke with kite man so now i it's gonna happen this other way uh, yeah. which whatever it's that's okay i i thought kite man has always been cool and interesting and a good person slash partner and then they decided mm-hmm. to make him this so that they can get harvey and ivy harley and ivy together which we love too right like we love harley and ivy together right right um so it's fine that that that's fine that's not huge and i'm and i was smiley happy when they ride off into the sunset together at the end sure so mm-hmm. which i'm totally fine with that um, cause they're super cool and great. I love those two together. Uh, but, um, I like the line that she's, when she gets mad at Clayface, and she's like, you could do this the whole time. And you choose like what drama Queens and, and senior sophomore so, things or whatever. Like when he gets yeah. Yeah. And he's some yeah. awesome dude. Yeah. That was, that he, was he's just huge. Uh, I liked <laughs> when, when wonder woman lassos one of those parademons and then, uh, wants it like it speaks it speaks truth but in an alien language so she <laughs> wants yeah wants superman to he's like what just because he's an alien and i'm an alien i should know what how all aliens uh, speak <laughs> whatever right. I, I butchered that line but that's it's like just because i'm an alien what... i can understand all other aliens right it's right like, oh i i do know and some she, parody she, she but that's still a racist assumption. eye roll right like to that right right that's that's so great and and you know it's fine it's it's not a justice league show so it was fine that they were constantly poking fun of everyone on the the justice league with the exception of wonder woman of course um of course they uh you know they didn't poke fun at her but they poked fun at every other male character on the team um and Mm -hmm. the um superman obviously being the worst they're they're constantly you know he's posing or doing things gravitas right that's fine. It's it's not a it's not a Justice League show. Um, yeah, so I really liked it. I liked it. There was it ended just as good as it started. The whole series is great. Um, I liked that the when the wedding, um, King Shark's wife was there, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon, I think Gordon has has improved every time they show him on the sh- on the series. He, he started as somebody that I didn't like at all in season one, and then just got better and better and better. 
trying to think what else. I wish Batgirl would have been at the wedding. That, that would have been good. Hmm. Dark Side was a little funny introduction. Now that sure, it's it's going to make me sad that uh, what's his name isn't on the team anymore. Uh, the the mind guy, Psycho Tony Hale, because Psycho, yeah, um, he was pretty. Yeah, he was pretty, hopefully they'll have somebody else. Like right, maybe they'll, or maybe they replaced right. him with the plant because the plant started coming back after what that one episode where he was, he made the point of the audiences liked him, so they're bringing him back. Yeah, that was weird. He was gone for. Like uh, like ten episodes or something, right? Right. Yeah, but he at the very beginning of that episode, he's like, "Hey, I'm back, guys," because the audience said they like it, so the writers are like, "Better bring him back." <laughs> right. Little little fourth wall. Right. That was that right. was great. So, and I also liked, <laughs> I love the scene when they're driving by the, um, the van and it's like going crazy, the flower truck, and you hear him inside like, "It's time to pollinate, baby. It's time to pollinate." Mm. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> So bad, so bad. Uh, so yeah, it, I, I dug it. Um, we got two seasons back to back pretty quickly. I doubt that we get a third one that fast. But who knows? I didn't. Uh, um, this will probably come back later in in one of our movies. But um, before all this, all this riots and, and protesting stuff started, I did not realize just how frequently police officers feature. In movies and TV shows, right? They're just oh, like yeah? constantly uh, showing up as part of the story. I mean, that happened the week before last at our Thursday movie night, right? Somebody suggested different things like Super Troopers, and we're like, eh, that might be a little. And so we watched sure. Blues Brothers, which ends with this weird, crazy, outrageously disproportionate uh, police and military response to these two goofy guys. Right. And then we watched um, a super bad, which has this whole side plot of um, John Hader and and Seth Rogen playing kind of bad cops, not right. bad, just like bad at their no, jobs, they're bad, they're irresponsible, terrible cops. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of kind of characters. And we're like, uh, both both of these movies ended up with kind of awkward. Uh, portrayals of police police officers how did we how did that happen um, right no i but, i agree i think obviously yeah and that's i i brought that up because that right? yeah that finale of harley has this this thing with the undercover cops and um and all of that it made me think of that yeah by the way ivy they make ivy super op in this like series like she's like mm -hmm. she's way more powerful than superman like i don't know any iteration of that's poison ivy anywhere has been anywhere near <laughs> as powerful as superman but clearly she sure. could take down dark side with the punch you know it's one of those type things whatever right. um but yeah the, the police being the authority figure in our society anytime you bring up authority or have to have an authority thing in your piece it's usually a, a mayor or a police officers type things right so right Right, but you're right. You, you don't. I mean, even with some movies that we've watched this week, it's the same kind of thing. You know, the police officers are are another central part here, which can lead yeah. us into our 2020 challenge. If you want to talk, go into that one. Yeah, let's let's do that one first. All right, this week our official um, 2020 challenge poster movie was. Leon the Professional uh, from 2000. Nope, uh, 2000, 1994. Habitually said 2000. 1994, 
uh, written and directed by Luke Besson, mm-hmm. uh, starring Jean Reno, uh, probably saying that wrong, Gary Oldman, Natalie Portman, um, and some extras. Like, those are the only three you really need to know. Yeah, the, the wait, who was the, so, who was the, the police officer guy? What's it? The actor? Um, oh, the DEA agent? Yeah. That was Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. That's Gary Oldman doing his best, like, Dana Carvey impression. Yeah. Yeah, felt like he's, uh, uh, go, uh funnily i mean some some people have sort of uh you know cop face as they say yeah. but he was commissioner gordon yeah later which is funny in like Batman. direct tie-in to what that, we that's what made, as i watched him do this i was like oh that's that's future gordon when he's a young kid that's or not kid but yeah. much younger right, right right he's much younger he's probably like 35 but Right. Uh, no, that's that's not true. Um, okay, so I'm going to hit the bell on this because we're going to spoil the ending. We we had, so 94 is a good mark here. 94 is the year that, I, for me, in my life, that I graduated high school. So when I okay. watch movies that are around this time, it kind of puts it, things in actor perspective and when things were made and such. Like The Lion King also came out in 94. And so when I get to watch, like, Leon the Professional... And I see Natalie Portman in this and she's a little kid. She's like 12 or 13. And then I remember that she was her, in Star Wars. Her character's her character's 12. I think the actress herself is like 12 or 13. Yeah, so, right. Which so, is so when uh, when I, I realized this, when Star Wars prequels come out, I'm like, wow, that had to have been, you know, at least six years later. And I always had pictured Star Wars coming out right after high school. But there was this long gap. So. It's kind of a nice timeline gauge for me about how old movies are compared to my age. Oh, sure. Like, like a, um, what's the word for that? Like a, <laughs> like a, like a mile, a milestone. Yeah, type thing. Mile post something. Right. So, kind so of when signifier. I graduated high school, she was like 13. That, that puts a, an age kid. And he was the age that he was, which is a little bit younger. He's been in uh, shows here and there. And I, you know what? This, I saw him first in this movie, uh, Jean Reno, and he, um, I always liked him because of this. Yeah, I don't think he's ever surpassed this kind of role because I really liked his character in this one for a lot of reasons. But, um, so this movie is really good and also very awkward, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a love story, and I don't know how to say the word love, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's clearly a love story. But is it familial love? Is it romantic love? And if it's romantic love, it's between an adult and a kid. If it's familial love, yeah, that's, I it's think so. Awkward. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you. Well, true, there is that. But, um, familial. I was just about to say is a good word, um, but not, not necessarily because there it does get a little bit entangled. But you have. Um, the character, Natalie Portman's character, Matilda, is a child, right? Mm-hmm. She's 12. Right. And so she does not understand mature, complex right. emotions like Romantic love. Most adults don't understand. Right. So, um, and Leon is a, um, what's the word? I don't know if there's a real label for what he is, but he is not, he is not socially competent right he's a little bit i don't want to say slow that's derogatory but he is an immigrant he's an introvert 
Um, he has this one thing that he's good at, and that is hunting down and taking out. You know, he's a hitman. He's a cleaner. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so he does not know how to be in a relation, in a romantic romantic relationship. He does not know how to be a father. He doesn't even really know how to be like a friend or a, anything. A, a friend or yeah. And so you can't really call it a romantic relationship because neither of them really comprehend what that means. It's so it's somewhere in between um familial and romantic. Right. She has never had a truly affectionate family member, right? Her family are all awful. Yeah. Like caricatures. Right. And and he has never had anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's never had children or I mean maybe he had a relationship in his past that I don't think that that's ever clearly right. um um stated. And so they're both just kind of fumbling through this uh for the whole movie. Well, that's that's I think one of the most key points that makes this kind of deep is that these two characters he's not a child. But he's got Mm-mm. childlike qualities, kind of, with his yes. experience with yes. people, just just as you described really well. And so, love being a love story, these two people don't know any of that word from, and they all right. they both think exactly. of it something, but they don't know like what he thinks of it is and how, but he's not sure. But he's never had any kind of it, and she really hasn't either. So she feels like a leader in this situation, right? Uh, yes. And again, p- portrayed by one of the things that makes me really love this movie. Natalie Portman is phenomenal in this movie. She's like 12 or 13 and she's so <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. She's doing some real acting for, and I couldn't believe I kept, um, I kept thinking of the Goonies, which I've not, you know, looked into a lot. I know we watched that mm-hmm. for the podcast mm-hmm. and I was kind of eh on it or no, uh, not Goonies. Um, the other one, Stand by Me. Okay, yeah. Where they they talk. I watched some behind the scenes or or whatever. Where like the kids were kids, but the 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 script had them swearing, and they were like, oh, "Are you serious? We can we can swear. We can say bad words." And of right. course, that's the eighties, so it's um it's different, or maybe even late seventies. Um. And this was a thing that kept uh, sort of distracting me as I watched the movie. I was like, she's not, you know, 15 or 16 playing a 12, 13 year old. She's literally, this movie came out in 94. She was born in 81. She is at most 13. Right. And Um, and she was acting, like real acting not she's acting but but she's she's smoking she's constantly swearing and that's part of the character but i'm like that's still a real uh 12 year old girl like that's yeah yeah well little... well e- even beyond that my, my thing that i kept getting and i was really tuned into maybe because we've watched so many movies especially lately is um like her, her the way her mannerisms of her face and the way she reacts she's sitting over an edge, like with her feet over the edge, dangling over the edge of the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And she walks by and then the look on her face and then the way she like moves her shoulder down is kind of a flirty, but she doesn't know what she's doing. Flirty thing. Right. Right. An right. Like flirt. when they do the, they do the impressions guessing game dress up show. And, and yeah, part of what distracted me about that was that 
she's making very old references. I'm like, what 12-year-old knows the Marilyn Monroe happy birthday right. thing? But, you know, clearly she saw it somewhere. Um, and, and it's Portman all of that, like... the hell out of those scenes, right? Yeah. She, you know, because she's playing the age that she is, which is a thing that not, you know, it's... It's notable when there are good child actors because most children cannot act. Right. Or they're just um, acting like themselves kind of type thing. They're acting like themselves but can also take direction and dialogue. Like if you watch right. um, Ron Howard in the Andy Griffith show, sure. he's like, you know, five or six and, and delivering these lines just like, you know, it's part of how he became a Hollywood, you know, legend. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there's some of that kind of stuff that – like again i said the the dress up show thing where it's it's almost a little unsettling but then you think about it some more and you're like well a 12 year old wouldn't really get it like she's just imitating things that she's seen in in media and and in her life and so it's not um you know there's an innocence to it for sure for sure, and right, she like, does dis- a good despite job of all going of back the, and forth between that, right? Yeah, like all the things that happened to her in this story that that have sort of robbed her of that innocence, she does still have. Yeah, she she's in her house and she's constantly she's constantly wanting to watch cartoons, right? And she fights with her sister right. like a normal kid does, and yeah, gets in trouble, and then she switches when she doesn't realize that she should be in trouble and be quiet. She switches it over to she turns on Transformers again, like really loudly, right? <laughs> right. Because she's still a kid. Now that's writing and directing, but again, I, going back to Natalie Portman, there's scenes where she is just walking down the hallway with a bag of groceries where her parents were murdered, and the little actress walks up to a door. And has to give expressions on her face of being calm, but then falling apart and terrified at the door, knocking on the door, hoping that he opens the door. And you feel Mm -hmm. fully invested in this little kid's emotions at that point. She's trying not to cry loudly and break down and you can see it on her face and she's terrified. I'm like, oh my God, this is a 13 year old kid or 12 year old kid. This is amazing, right? We sure as heck didn't see this happen in... Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones, right? It shows you differences in whatever well, that yeah. whatever it was what, that caused that. But um, what, what happens when you ha- when you make a whole movie out of your first draft script? Exactly right. Or or maybe directors were able to work better with actors or whatever. It just it's just stunning how good she was. There's also the scene at the, the really sad scene when he puts her down the chute in the wall, right? And she mm-hmm. realizes that he's not coming and she just is, uses her body language and her, her panicky mode and her facial expressions and her words to make you feel all this heartbreak at the, at, you know, and terror in her face at the same time that she loves him. And then he does the same thing and, and loves her in all of the ways kind of almost possible that these two people understand. And it's really, really emotional. Um, so yeah, there's a lot in this movie that is surprising. Was this, it was surprising then it's still kind of surprising now. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure after we watched little miss sunshine, whether the young girl kind of like how you would react or respond to that being a, 
a father. Yeah, it's of, it, it, of, it's of difficult. Two, it's two difficult. Daughters. Right, right. It's. I mean, like I said, I, when I on the outset, it's 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 uh, uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But I I also, you know, there's very tragic things that are in this movie, and it's sure uh, the idea of someone's life experiences. Someone that goes through that, who let's say this little girl who lived through this thing, will always have more life experience when I, than when I was 13 than I ever could imagine. Right. She knows more about the world than I 13 year old as a 13 year old could ever imagine. Right. Um, and that was a very touching, real poignant kind of thing to this thing. And, and I, and I really, there's also that whole, like she wants to become a cleaner and that's obviously a 12, 13 year old (laughs) thing, but then kind of, it happens ish. Right. Yeah. Which was because, again, he's not under, I don't know what how to describe Leon, right? But. Right. Yeah. So how, how, did, um, how did you feel? I mean, going through this whole thing and the experience you've had with it. I know it I've was, seen it before and you hadn't, right? It was fine. It reminded me, um, it reminded me of a couple movies. There are a handful of movies like this with a, you know, some kind of uh like um so sociopath i don't know um you know some kind of adult character like this that's accompanied by a child through yeah, the movie sure yeah um did you see gran torino with um clint eastwood yes i did yes um this reminded me a little bit of that yeah sure uh somewhat in its ending yeah. um one thing I noticed because I remembered this mentioned uh, in the iPodius Cla- uh, podcast about iClaudius. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie has a lot of implied violence. There's actual violence, but yeah. there are things like we are presented with people getting shot using sound effects, right? We right. almost never see a bullet hit a person or seem to hit a person. Well, we do and then in fall. two very important ones. Like when he walks in and shoots the mother in the bathtub, that's pretty wide open there. Right. And then he shoots the, right. the that, sister. That was, so those two scenes are very visible. Yeah. That was, that was the first moment where I was like, Oh, that wasn't implied. Everything yeah. before that was like, you'd see him pull the gun and then the camera would point at something else while you heard like a gunshot and a body drop. Right. Um, right, yeah, that, right. That, it was that all whole like opening, on the on the edges. That whole opening and is then something, right? When, Which lead it's to think about it's one kind of movie, but then it's not right. really right. And then when you get to the end, because we're still in spoilers here, and he collapses, right? Mm-hmm. He gets he gets shot. We are shown that through point of view camera, right? We see through his oh, right, eyes, as right, it were. Yeah. Yeah. As he like spins and falls back, and even um, even more is... so, the the gunshot you see from outside the in, on the street, you see the flash of light real quick. Yeah, right. Well, you don't, you don't. Yeah, you see like the camera is pointed outside, and you see the building that he's about to exit, right? The room, and then the doorway is in center frame. You see the the interior light up just a little bit right and then go back dark again and then the camera starts to spin like you're shown all that as if you are leon running that was so good that was a really good shot good job very that was very good 
uh, unique and and unseen. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we can we can move into into final judgments here, unless you have no. Sure. I mean, else I, in, I could talk in more but to say. I sure. think final judgments is a good time to put in here. So, so start with um, you because, like I said, you hadn't seen this one. People coming out of the spoiler section, you had not seen this one. Right. I had so, and I had not seen it since the, my original viewing back in like '96. Uh, so, what did you think? Yeah. What's your final review on this one? I mean, not a not a lot in terms of like spoilers. We're out of spoilers here, but there weren't there weren't really dramatic twists. Like the 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 narrative arc of the story is pretty straightforward. The the bulk and the heart of the story is all in the in the little details in between. Um, this movie is ranked number thirty one on IMDb. Yeah, um, I can understand why it definitely does some things that are maybe not revolutionary but unique, especially for the time. Sure. Um, I know ninety four is not hugely long ago compared to like fifties and sixties movies that we've seen, but. It was still almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, the, as we said in the spoiler section, um, the 12-year-old Natalie Portman's acting is is very, very good. Um, and, yeah, I would say, you know, for, for anybody who doesn't mind action movies with a, a fair amount of violence, I said in the spoiler section, a lot of the violence is... is a lot of the violence is implied. And, and, and um, when you say action movies, you don't mean like Rambo and Terminator action movies. Like there's some uh, of that, but there's some of, I mean, it's a movie about a hitman, right? So there are guns and people getting shot. Like yes, you're going to sure, see sure. a fair bit of that. Sure. Um, but if you haven't seen it, it's one that I don't think I had even heard of before we, we started doing this poster. Oh, okay. And then I, as I said, in, in spoilers, I've heard it name dropped on a couple of movie podcasts, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's worth watching. I can't think of another like adult child team up buddy cop kind of kind of movie if if th- that's what I would call this this genre, which it's it's not really in that either. Yeah, um, I, I think I think that that's a good way to put this. Is that there there's if if you go by where should this where does it deserve to, to fit on the list or what, what's its merits to, to do? I think mostly it would fit in the, um, a child who crosses over with adulthood themes, right? Putting child in very adult mm-hmm. themed situations. And sure. sometimes even like an adult dealing with child, you know, childish or young mentality, maybe even all that in one is very unique or not as unique, but well done. Right. Well done. Uh, I, my, yeah. I definitely put this on my list. I, I don't know where I put it on the list, but I think I would recommend it to people. I think, yeah, you, you should watch this. And it's got f- fantastic story, fantastic acting. It's not too heavy handed. Um, it's technically a French made film. The, the oh, writer, the sure. director is the same guy. He's he's French. Yeah, it's so it's it's sort of inspired by, um, you know, American action movies in this genre. Um, but you know very different yeah than that right yeah it's like when I, I a like, very i like that they know, focused... a sort of auteur director takes takes a genre that's been kind of done to death and does something uh completely outrageous and different with it like deadwood 
yeah. or um, uh, Django Unchained. I, I think I think whatever. this there are this, a handful this of that he does what he does well here is um, focus on the two of them. Do the thing. Sure. There's there's so much more that some movies will go into and show you all the stuff and build other characters up so much. Yes, there's there's the dad, there's the family, there's the the cops, there's all those little things that are there and they're important to the story. But you just get there's also the the Italian mob guy. Right. There's people who are there. Friend, they're important. Yeah. They do good acting. They they are fill their roles, but they're not the most important thing. And you're not they don't need to show you all the history and the background and all of the thing that the cops are doing. They don't need to show you all the time. They just have scenes and that's enough. Right. Like the mob guy is yeah. maybe in it in three scenes. And that's all you need. Right. Most of the movie is Matilda and Leon. And they. Yeah, that's important. And that's really good. And that's the best part of the show. So anyway, yeah, I liked it a whole lot. Um, I would recommend it. And I, you know, it is one of those, I will end on this. It's one of those movies that I don't watch all the time and I wouldn't watch multiple times. I'm glad that I watched it 20 years apart because it's still good and only needs to watch that. Two, the last thing is that um, people will often judge me and say, you can't possibly like tragedies. Or or can you see the beauty in tragedies? Mm. And I'm not saying this is a tragedy, this isn't a spoiler thing, but there's tragedy in this movie and at the end of this movie in ways. Um, but there's also, I can enjoy it because there's also good and positive things that also come with it. Mm. Right. It's not purely like tragedy, cut to black. Right. <laughs> there's tragedy sure. and things go and then something else happens and it keeps going or has a different twist or a different thing. Right. So right. I, I really appreciated that this wasn't a happy, happy movie per se, but it's still like it a whole lot. Right. Sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. So this week, uh, just, I don't know. I don't on a lark or a reason we decided to watch a second movie, a second movie. Well, this was not on our, on our list. Th- th- yeah. This is going to be a little, uh, awkward, whatever. Uh, um, I think, Triggered by the passing of um, Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, you said, let's watch this movie he made. A similar, within a couple years of, I was I was actually closer than I realized on Gary Oldman, by the way. He was like 37 in this oh, movie. Oh, okay. Uh, we watched Falling Down from 1993. Uh, Michael Douglas. Robert Duvall and Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody else you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's probably not entirely true. Well, um, nobody. It's funny. It's funny watching movie. these watching these movies from the '90s. You're like, oh, that's that guy. Like, um, in this movie, the police captain. Yeah. If you remember that character, I don't know if you ever saw Justified. I did. With not. Timothy Oliphant. Um, that actor plays Timothy Oliphant's father, and he's very similar, but he's you know something like. 10 15 years older right yeah. just in as an actor in the times these movies were made and I, like i saw him you know start talking and stuff i'm like is that the guy who was Rayland's, you know get Raylan gibbons father <laughs> and the, yeah and he and he was I, I, I saw the, i saw the you're like i had never seen him I've before seen anything female, else like right I've seen i'm sure there were people who saw things, but i don't know i couldn't tell you yeah why. she she looked familiar to me too yeah but, um but no one's been as popular as, as those two 
Uh, so yeah, we watched main, this as the main two. And, so and I had seen uh, it. Same. You thing. had seen it, and and so you said, "Let's watch this once and see if it holds up." Twenty so, years. Um, we're gonna talk about this movie and spoil it. So I'm gonna hit the bell again. Okay, so I'll let you lead on this one. Okay, this was, I watched this movie last night, and I thought that I would just watch it in, I would watch like half of it and then finish it today. Yeah. And I ended up watching the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it flows one thing to the next. Yeah, it flows one thing to the next. It was it was pretty engaging. There's a, there's a fairly clear like narrative journey that it goes on. I have a couple of like larger larger scope sort of hot takes um i think i texted you while i was watching it and i said this this movie is midlife crisis i was gonna say i want you to repeat that because that's right on i think you're people people call it you know revenge something or um whatever there were i've described this before uh most recently i think when we watched the last season of of game of thrones like I can very much get caught up in a situation of violence in a movie. Um, I'm thinking of Logan. There's a scene early in Logan. This doesn't spoil anything, really. But um, there's a scene where some guys are going to steal his car. Oh, the one that established the kind of movie it is. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some some real, like, like gang gang kind of guys they're yep. they're real disrespectful one just like pulls out a gun and shoots him mm-hmm. and logan pops out those claws and just starts wrecking these guys right. and i was i mean i saw it in the theater but that was one of those where i'm like if i was at home i would be on the edge of my seat almost up out of my seat like yes freaking <laughs> murder all of those guys because right. i know it's not real i can right. get, i right. can get caught up in it um this movie had a couple of those moments for eventually. sure <laughs> um where like i i for the most part have avoided either intentionally or unintentionally those aspects of modern life that are causing um michael douglas's character uh uh rage and yeah and frustration sort of impotent frustration yeah um he starts out I don't know. He he and Robert Duvall kind of go on opposite arcs. Like mm-hmm. Michael Douglas starts out, you're like, you don't know anything about him. And then when you first see him start to interact with people, you're like, uh, maybe this was sympathetic in 1994 or 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's real hard now to sympathize with a guy who goes in and trashes a store because he's upset that the soda costs 85 cents. Yeah. It's already like it's cheap, but I'm like, I yeah, I guess I can remember when it was less than a dollar, when it was fifty cents, <laughs> right? Whatever in the early nineties. But I'm th- like, I that's think... such a that's such a trivial like like Karen thing to do now. And I'm <laughs> right. like, yeah, that doesn't. Maybe this was okay then. Uh, funny, you, you I, mentioned. I, I will say that I agree with earlier that. because the I agree with that because I think that when I watched this back in like '94. Um, I felt a hundred percent that way. Now I, did I like him? Did I think that you should bash up stores and, and shoot up, shoot guns and, and Burger Kings? No, but yeah, those things were very sympathetic to me while watching those, like thinking about, you know, going in and, and getting a soda and it's, you know, 
uh, three times the cost of what it should be and then just saying, screw you, or not serving me breakfast after 10 minutes after was very frustrating at the time. I don't, you're right now. It's stupid to think that it's that big of a deal. Um, I don't know why right. the difference is, but back then it really was, it was really, really annoying. And maybe that's because we didn't have cell phones and weren't always connected to things all the time. And everything was maybe more. Yeah. Maybe, US, you but. know, the, the price changes were more gradual. We hadn't been through several like massive gas price, fluctuations and and yeah the information age to see things like yeah this is like this here but you think your nine dollar theater is a lot i've never paid less than 12 in my city you're right yeah um so and so you get some of that so over time as he does more things more things happen to him he he gets more sympathetic where like i more and more can understand his his actions right um Maybe up until the very, very end. Yeah. And then Robert Duvall's character, I am mostly with him most of the time until he finally tells his wife off. And then I'm like, ah, once again, maybe this was (laughs) more okay in 1993. Um, I did look up this actress. She was one of those sort of uh, glamour actresses who did a bunch of movies in the 50s and 60s. Um What's her name? You talk about his Tuesday wife. Weld. Yeah, his okay. his wife, who is just the most like misogynist written character. You'll, I mean, not most ever. Obviously, I'm being. You mean him or or her? No, her. Like every time you see her, you're like, "Am I supposed to hate this character?" Because I do. Yeah. No, I thought I think you are supposed to hate her. I mean. That's the way I felt. I, I hated her from the yeah. moment she starts talking to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when she tells, he tells her off at the end, it's kind of like a, now granted he goes way friggin' overboard, obviously. And right. It's stupid, comical, stupid, but I was yeah. happy that they put her in place. It, it was the arc of, he's finally telling this terrible person, this Karen or whatever it is to, you know, to stop. And the things that you wish that the husband would do in, um, the space, tv show we watched with hugh laurie um to that karen oh right right, right. um you um, want him some you want Avenue somebody five. to just say you know stop being a terrible whatever it be word um right and, and so anyway yeah i think she's she's i think she's supposed to be a terrible person um yeah and, and you're supposed to to have that but i yeah i get you on the, those opposite arcs um you know what it's funny when i watch this one to to ally with what you're just saying here when i first watched it I think I was very sympathetic to him, but as it went on, I became less sympathetic. Uh, just maybe it was the age or the time or whatever. when I watched it this time, I had a better, had a more experience exactly what you were describing. Now I was not as sympathetic to him at the beginning when he was doing these crazy things. But then as it went mm-hmm. on, I started to gain that from him. And when he kind of starts showing his, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, it was a real weird twist because at the time I start realizing he's not, a terrible evil person, right? He doesn't, he still pays for his soda. He still pays for his, his breakfast and worries about the right. little girl. Um, and he definitely doesn't side with the Nazi guy. Right. Um, then he makes the, a point to say, I'm nothing Nazis, like you type thing. That Nazi scene felt weird. It was like, that was one of those where like he gets him, he's, he sort of beats the crap out of him or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I don't feel bad 
about rooting for him where earlier when he commits violence and I'm kind of, you know, in, in the, in the heat of the, the moment I'm like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be enjoying this so much. Like, right. this is bad. It's, it's racist or it's, you know, in, it's entitled or whatever. Like I'm getting caught, but I mean, this, I'm like, yeah, this guy's a Nazi and a, uh, um, sexist like this is fine <laughs> like right. he has this coming to him and as a viewer it lets it lets you as the protagonist also be able to feel okay with going too far where he wouldn't have felt about going that far too far with other people and right. those other situations like yes he's pissed off enough to shoot a gun in a store at the at the burger king but he you don't think he would ever shoot the manager right and you would right. and you would feel terrible if he shot the manager. You may feel uncomfortable at what, what he's doing, but you would feel like this is an awful and he's an evil person if he shot the manager. But when he goes too far and kills the the Nazi guy, you don't feel so bad, right? right? Which is also still bad. It's just another level of the badness that he's allowed to do. Yeah, yeah. The interesting um, the the Robert Duvall story was interesting. I mean, it's true of this whole movie where. It's it's it starts in media res, as they say, like you're thrown into the movie in the beginning, like he's there in traffic. You understand from what you're shown everything that he's feeling. It's very, you know, some of it is dated, but like traffic is not new. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not new and it's not solved now. You know, it's a as right. much of a problem now as it was 30 years ago. Um, And he gets out of his car like within five minutes of the movie starting yeah, maybe it 10. starts with him snapping right and so you don't know anything about him like you you get some bits and pieces as you go on but even like um you know the wife again i i said this about um pendergrass's wife but um the uh um i don't know michael douglas's wife yeah character also felt like i don't know it's probably unfair for me to say chauvinist writing because the whole point of this movie for both of these characters is like they can't ever i don't even want to say they can't ever catch a break they're just constantly like um provoked right in some way like it's robert duvall's last day and constantly, everyone he talks to, except his partner, and or not partner, but his one friend, and even to a certain extent, her and and definitely his wife are just constantly like poking at him, yeah. right? They're like, "Oh, it's your last day! Right. Don't get shot on your last day." Remember what happened to Jenkins? He got shot on yeah. his last day, right. right? And I'm exaggerating that a little bit, but right. that's really what it was from all the other cops, and then his wife you know, calling and, and being real like needy and, and naggy with him. And you're like, yeah, like him. And then, you know, obviously Michael Douglas's character is the same way, except he's now, um, you know, sort of taking action against that. Not really intentionally. He's just sort of acting in the moment at every moment. And you, and you see that when you get to the end and he's like, you know, am I the bad guy? Like right. how did this happen? How did this happen? And you're like, well, you you took this this series of of steps, you know, from the beginning of the movie, but at no point are you um 
are you supposed to sympathize with i mean when other characters get threatened or what or like you're you're afraid and and concerned for them but you're always supposed to like see as a viewer and i don't know if this sure i'm not quite middle-aged but like this seems to be a sort of self-gratifying um um like celebration of of fighting back against all the perceived injustices of modern life yeah yeah for sure and and i think you're totally right with that and and the the director and the writers or whoever it was also was definitely getting that trying to push that across and you can see it but i think one of the things that makes this a better movie and and kind of elevates it at least a little bit more is that there's a thread always going through it and it's hard and it deserves a lot more thinking one of these like you should write it as a paper in your film appreciation mm. class or whatever there's this thread going through about um I, I love the line of how did i get here you know how am i the bad guy type thing i, I guess i am is that like he you'd find out that he's kind of been that way you like right like it it wasn't just gradual from today when he started he left the car like he had violent tendencies before and it's ruined right. his life and his marriage and you can see it when he watches the home videos or how he treats his ex-wife on the phone occasionally right um and yeah it's just at the same Except time he becomes that... very sympathetic with the nazi you almost immediately again he calls his ex-wife and gets like angry or violent or misogynistic and he he all of a sudden you're like oh i can't he's totally not the right person i should be cheering on well and and here's what i here's what i mean when i accuse the writing of being misogynistic when he's watching those home videos and and he starts to lose his temper i still identify with him because oh, yeah? to me like like the 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 words and the act of the like fussy daughter and the and the wife her reaction to it that stuff frustrates me sure i'm like i'm like he's got this thing and yes he's being kind of rigid and kind of unreasonable um but i still feel like i would be frustrated in that situation too sure um and so that's why i call it sort of self-gratifying where you're sure. like you feel a certain at least for me i can see that i yeah. felt i felt a certain way watching it and mostly that feeling was was unwelcome, right? I felt right. that way and I was like, ah, I shouldn't feel this way. Like right. he is not he is not like maybe maybe it's kind of crappy for his wife to like separate and file a restraining order when he hadn't done anything just because she could sort of see it coming, supposedly. Right. And you're supposed but, to think that's very '90s thinking there too. Is this like the cop even says, "Well, he didn't do anything." So the, the writers were probably telling you, like, "Oh, she's just being one of those that, like you said, the chauvinistic kind of writing with the he didn't do anything wrong." So, but you just, you know, you're in the she, wrong. She's for not. just paranoid and like, right? Yes, no, you should. He ended you should up call the, you know, call the police. He, you should separate. He, you should get a thing right. He ended up doing stuff, but the things that he did were provoked by her actions, right? At least as the script is written. I mean, and so are like, you talking about like for the birthday party or like, I don't think she, remember they've been divorced for several years at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's another sort of issue where like the details 
the details are all kind of sparse. Sure. Like part of part of the the overarching frustration of him in his life is this separation from his family. Yeah, like he lived his mom said he's lived there for a while. Right. And we know that and he hasn't so, been at his job for three he's been fired at least three months ago. Right. So like losing his job was a big thing. Um, losing his family was another. And so if you say like he had he had a temper that had not that had not provoked him to you know commit any actual physical violence and i'm uh, you know this is what i mean like feeling bad like i'm yeah. i find myself apologizing for this character when right you know he he's no, I get you. he's the he's the supposed villain of this story but if you if you look at the the like line of causality and say you know, she was afraid that he would lose his temper and do something violent. He hadn't done anything violent yet. So she separated from him and took out a restraining order. Well, that is one of the things that provoked him to violence. Right. But, but I mean, the, the, I'm, we're it's not off direct here, cause and effect. The counter right? side is that, yeah. is it, what do you do? You wait until he beats her before she, she leaves and puts the thing on him? No, you, well, you, that's you what preemptively I mean. like, make the choice. That we're, you, we're in, right. yeah, we're fully engaged in hypotheticals here <laughs> right yeah um, i mean no the, always in real life the situation and if anybody's listening if you feel like you could potentially be in a threatening physical thing you do get out and you do file a restraining order a hundred percent yeah all and, of the and, time and, and yeah i absolutely did not want to be misunderstood on <laughs> right right I just want to make um, sure that's i'm that's i'm there. speaking you know purely in in the terms of this movie i've yeah, never yeah. been married i don't <laughs> right, know right you know anything about that uh, those those kind of situations, but from the movie that I was prevented mostly, and again, this I'm reinforcing my own point because I'm defending. I find myself again. I find myself defending the villain character. No, and I so get it. Yeah, for sure. That, that that to me, in I think we can probably go into final judgments here. Well, I no, think, wait, wait, wait. I I think because oh, I think what ahead. you were saying there is it also needs reinforced because I also believe that I I think that's one of the biggest most engaging interesting parts of the whole show is that i this is a very complex character who is sometimes you feel like you need to defend him because there's legitimate reasons but then you also question those reasons and it's there's confusion at times and from the the people involved and the people are involved and the writing and the people around them also confuse it more which makes it even more a lot of pressure and complex and all the characters not knowing things and themselves uh, and what to do. You do have a little bit of stability with the police officer. I think as it starts pushing through more stable, but I also felt like I should be, you know, because of the middle aged porn type thing, you had said the, the, the revenge type thing. I, I wanted to, you know, cheer him on, especially mm-hmm. when the Nazi things, but I also clearly knew he's a bad guy and it progressed more and more as the show went. So the more and more I started to, you know, like you said, feel for him. I also did not want to feel for him. It was such an right. interesting movie to get both of these emotions by the whole movie. It was so weird. And then it culminates in the very end where it's come to the very head of all those feelings and a very good scene that I thought was really neat. Right. With the, this is why I want to keep in the spoiler. Uh, hmm. like he, you know, he's going to kind of like commit suicide by cop and right. you, that you have a scene right there where I don't want this guy to die, but what, 
how did you feel? I don't know how to feel about that when he did that. Right. I was like, yeah, he, he needs to do this. This is it's, it reminded me, it reminded me of last week's movie, um, where that was the ending I expected. Like I expected both characters to die. I mean, I didn't expect both to die. I, I expected, uh, um, Michael Douglas's character yeah. to to die like that's it was it was too far now like he he had yeah. taken he had taken this one step at a time to this point and now um there was no like you know we weren't going to see him get picked up and go to jail like that's not a no I mean when he murdered the Nazi and then kidnapped his own kid and had guns to their heads and yeah yeah, yeah. I mean all of all of that was too. You know, um, it's it it had gone too far, right? right? Past the point of no return, as they say. And and when he's he's having that, you know, I got a gun in my pocket thing. As soon as he said that, my heart kind of sinks a little bit, right? Which is again mm-hmm. the ultimate conflict that you were just discussing in the, earlier about. Well, he's a bad guy. He's a villain, right? I should not feel my heart sink that this is happening, right? Um, right. But I did. So, yeah, we can move into non-spoilers now. But I wanted to comment there that that whole culmination was very strong, I thought, uh, performance-wise, writing-wise. And Robert Duvall was so well done, did so well in that as well, that whole scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I liked it a lot. Okay, so final final judgments here. Uh, not out of the spoiler section. It's hard to get out of the spoiler section because it's a lot. Um, yeah, so much, so much of this movie is about its spoilers. I think... Uh, I don't know. I felt kind of hollow after watching this. I think, <laughs> sure, sure. I think, I think you can probably skip it. It's very, um, pandering and self-serving to a very specific viewer demographic, which I am not very far removed from that demographic. So maybe that makes it worse to me yeah. because I don't, I don't feel that a lot of those things are, emotions and and perspectives that should be celebrated and indulged in um sure, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm speaking kind of high hand high, high-mindedly trying to be again uh, trying to maintain vague vagueness because spoiler, uh, yeah. we're, because we're out of the spoilers um there is a lot of it that's dated not just in the technology but in the in the culture in yeah, the yeah true yeah. interactions between uh, people of different ethnicities and genders. Yeah, uh, sure. all of that is is it does, doesn't really hold up now. Almost thirty years later, I agree. I, I, uh, we didn't really say that in the spoilers, but I would agree with that comment. I I lived in that time, and I was an adult at that time, just barely. But yeah, so I don't, I know I, it doesn't hold up for that right I, those reasons. I didn't I didn't really get much out of this that would make me uh, particularly recommend it to anybody. I for me, I think. Uh, I liked it still, but I also would not recommend it to everyone. I, I think mm-hmm. I would pick and choose the people I think who would enjoy it and would get the most out of it or not sure. the most out of it, but that, and you're like you said, it's a certain people, maybe people who lived in the nineties and eighties or whatever, and could understand that situation or that thing a little bit better. Um, and then uh, it does have a really good, complex emotional thing that happens with the characters through it. Um, that's mm-hmm. a little bit unique, uh, and well-written. Um, and there's good acting too as well, but I, it's not for everybody for sure. 
And I don't say yeah. that like, oh, because if you're deep, you can get this movie. No, nope, it just may not be for mm-hmm. you. I don't care if you can get into deep <laughs> stuff or not. You know, you just kind of got to be the right person uh, and open to certain thoughts or whatever or ideas to, to like it. So, yeah, I don't think yeah. it would sit in most people's 100, but I think it was a good movie to watch and you can get something out of it depending. Right. Right. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say it's a bad movie. Again, we said that about another show a week or two ago. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'd give it for if I were scale of one to ten, I'd give it a six and a half type thing. So better than yeah. than not bad, I guess. But yeah, so right, I, I, right. yeah, I, I liked it. Watching it, watching it the second time through, uh, I had different experience. And again, I don't think I'll watch this one again for another twenty years. So <laughs> uh, maybe. Nice. But I was glad to watch it with you because it was, again, I, I got to see this, uh, you know, someone who see it now, 30 years removed with modern type things who've watched other multitude kinds of movies and see how this works. So it was a good experience to, to see it from that, mm-hmm. that angle here. Uh, hey, man, we're, we're coming up close on time. I know we had a, had a lot here. Uh, I'm going to save this for next week, but okay. I think it's good to tell people our new project. Do you, do you sure. know what I'm, I'm talking about here? I think so. That came out of came out of the blue. I don't even know how this came out, honestly. But <laughs> you were bored one night, and and Sid is gone for the summer. <laughs> is, that, is that that was what had that's, it? That's that's my interpretation. I, I am. I'm not denying it. I'm just <laughs> saying. Okay, so wh- what are we talking about here? I thought you were talking. I took a drink. Um, <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Final Fantasy MMO, uh, Final Fantasy 14 or XIV. And and our starting to play else. it, right? Well, you're starting to play it. I've played it you, on and off. I mean, well, you 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 still didn't have an active sub, did you? Did you have an active sub? I did actually, as of like a month and a half ago. I think it 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 came up for renewal again just a couple of days ago. But I am fairly irresponsible with those things. I'm still playing, paying for World of Warcraft. And aside from getting on and running a dungeon with an alt once. It, I've not gotten on in the last two months. Um, right. So that's not saying a lot, but I have played uh, subscribed and unsubscribed to this game a couple of times. Um, our buddy and I have Chance not played it played at all for a oh, long wait. time. Yeah. And so I, um, I think I have something like 270 days subscribed cumulative. That does not mean, Played. played no like there's not played people spans yeah. of those where like i'll quit playing a game and then it'll renew for a month maybe it'll renew for another month and then i'll see the email and go oh hey i should cancel this i haven't played it in three months yeah 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 and, and not um, to mention that just because it says you have seven days subscribed doesn't mean you you played it all seven days right you know, exactly exactly you um and so yeah there's not we don't have time to get to get too much into yeah, that but but, uh, but that's just something that we're, we're doing we're, we're kind of starting and I'm, it's not to say that dennis and i are going to start onto an mmo podcast that we're going to start <laughs> be final fantasy 14 huge people but um we have both played mmos we, we, you and i have we ever played mmos like together we played a little bit when we played like elder scrolls but we've never played like together yeah, like a, a occasionally you're even though we played World of Warcraft at the same time, I didn't know you then. Right. Um, and we didn't play together. So, like, yeah, aside from experimenting, you know, p- playing ESO once or twice and 
I feel like we all got into something. Um, did you ever resubscribe WoW when like the Horaloviches were playing? I did, I did not. No, I was not taking yeah, that, that bite. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think. No, so that this did, is a. You know, I've I've always liked MMOs. I'm I think I'm much more older and wiser. Hopefully, God wiser uh, with understanding time and time management and what these things are, and and sure. realizing that MMOs can be another job and take over your life. Um, so I feel <laughs> I feel more gaming emotionally mature to be able to handle what an MMO is and with time management. Hopefully, um, yeah. So, uh, but knowing that and feeling good about that, I also have always loved the MMO genre and what it gives because it's like an ultimate type of game experience right. for uh, or like role-playing game type thing, computer role-playing games. Uh, so uh, it's good to do this. And you had ch- uh, suggested Final Fantasy. I had heard n- hardly well, you, any you negative asked things for a, about it. You asked for a pitch and I said, well, I, I knew that you had played Black Desert for a while and were out of that. Yeah. I know WoW and Final Fantasy are both subscription games, but I have an active subscription to both. And I knew that, I mean, WoW would be a hard sell. The Horalovich brothers and I were playing for a while post, after we, we phased from Classic into uh, Pete and Zahn and later Ben um, joining in retail. And I had already played the current retail expansion quite a bit. And so I was ahead of them. And could sort of like, oh, and then you need to do this and you do this. I'll get on my main and we'll run the run the thing. Like that whole um like wave has already subsided in the in the quarantine time. Yeah. And so I thought we could get into WoW, but that's gonna be a whole a whole thing for you. Like we've done we did a whole episode we talked about. We talked about WoW and your history with it. And so I thought, well, if you played Black Desert and and thought that was okay. And also Guild Wars 2, I said, maybe you won't mind the the Asian-ness of Final Fantasy. And I knew that even though it's a subscription game, they have a free trial that I think you can play up to like level 30 or something. I don't remember yeah, the exact Yeah, that, that I wasn't sure about. My, my I've, always... I've done that twice. When I The first time that I came back to it, I was on the fence about resubscribing. And so I made a second account to yeah. do the trial again. Um, my my, bi- my then, biggest thing with anti Final Fantasy has been that it's been a, a full retail box and subscription game. And I know that sounds silly, but there's so many good MMOs that you can, including WoW, that you can just get, start playing, well, and not have to pay a sixty dollar wow, buy in. WoW then, is the same way. They don't. It's not sixty, and I don't think I don't know. I maybe Final I, Fantasy. Maybe I got, Final Fantasy is sixteen. If you want to get like everything besides the base game, and yeah, but I got of, it on Steam, and it's on. It's now on. At least it was on sale when I bought it for thirty dollars, which was fine. It's an it's an old enough game that it goes on sale a lot, and I think that's what has gotten me into it every time. Is like when I got when I resubscribed this most recent time, I bought the bundle that had all the expansions, so I could do the new races and stuff. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not far enough in the story to play those expansions yet, but yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll we'll so, talk about this more next week, but it's something that we, you know, yeah, I've been kind of open was, to doing. I was going to ask about your done, your history with the franchise, but I don't know if we even have time. Yeah, well, that, we so. we can definitely go into that next week. But I I know that uh, I guess it's something that I've kind of been open to because of where I, you know I feel I can do handle that and do that and, and still have that balance and not also let myself get into it too big. 
And it's a, mm-hmm. it's from my perspective, I've what I've seen from the outside is that it's had nothing but positive kind of reviews and good yeah, stuff. It, I don't, uh, I don't so, know all the details of this because, again, this is a game that's almost ten years old, and yeah, I right, have yeah. been subscribed to it for less than a year total. Oh, right. Okay. So, so there are big swaths of its history that I don't know anything about. But from what I've heard, it was launched at the time and had a lot of issues, and then at some point they they basically took it down and rebuilt or rewrote the whole original game. Well, that was Final Fantasy XI. Like, it was Final Fantasy XI. And then they took the game down and launched it as Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I was... Uh, people used to just call it Final Fantasy Online. But then... Right. But that was just eleven, And then they had twelve and, and thirteen as standalone games. Standalone games. And then they I relaunched this thing and called it Reborn. Yeah. And I don't know the whole yeah. history about it. Realm, Maybe we can look it back to that. Realm Reborn. Uh, right. And, and, you, and you go through this story. It's very... It's very PVE focused. There's not a lot of there's not yeah, a lot of player and versus and player. Are PVE guys anyway. So we're not so so maybe PVE we can talk about anyway. that as well at the lead off of next week. Um, yeah. To because I'll I'll also want I'm interested in a little bit of that history and seeing what that is. But um, so yeah, everybody listening, we've started this thing. We're not going to be like crazy wow podcast or final fantasy podcast or doing everything about that but it's something that i think the two of us are going to you know for a little bit at least until we decide whatever we're also 35 plus year old men who don't have the attention span and time commitment that we used to have when we were 22 uh so it's not like we're going to be jumping into it like hardcore job time but it is something that i think we'll talk about and going forward and have a little bit of stuff so if you do want to consider you know are considering something like that you can also jump on with us who are going to be kind of newbies i'm full newbie dennis is not a newbie but still has new stuff with it um and you um, can my main character is not max something. level if that's right a, so that we is. we can i think it's 80 now and you're like just 50 something right yeah yeah right. that was the cap at the first expansion right so so first, first if you're whatever. you know you well, there's going to be segments on our segments on our show coming up and uh you know that those might be ones that you just skip or you know if you think about doing that too maybe you can jump on and say oh yeah i know what's happening and we'll talk a little bit about those things but they're talking about yeah so that's yeah. going to be i'm a little excited about it and yeah i played a little bit we'll, we'll see how it goes next week all right we got lots of things yeah. to talk about still i mean up with that uh I played some Torchwood. Uh, we can talk about sp- uh, Space Pirate Trainer, Cosmic Trip. So many things to talk about, but we'll tune in next week. You to do mean that Torchlight? Tor- did I, what did I say? Torch. What did I say? Torch. Torch. Torchwood is the BBC series. Torchwood. Ah, yes, Torchlight Doctor series. Doctor Who spinoff. Yeah. yeah Torch Gloomhaven. Light. We've got we've got Gloomhaven. Uh, Big Patch hit that the the uh, computer yeah, the, version the, of it. The so. video game version of it. I I played a couple of weeks ago. I I pulled up the. Uh, lord of the rings card game app because i have that on steam oh yeah uh, right and, play, mm-hmm. and played that a little more it's interesting it's more like a it feels like a like a hybrid of the physical game and hearthstone because it's a oh yeah you know, it's right. an app card game. So we, we got we got lots of things still to talk about which we'll so yep. tune in yep. back next week and we'll we'll we're not gonna hit all those either but we're gonna try as, we get a lot of good good topics coming up yeah and and you didn't ask this but i think our next week's movie is Brokeback Mountain. Oh, cool. Yeah, I have not seen this one. So this will be another one of those ones. The cowboy movie. Yep. Okay, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 149. Special thanks to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, Their podcast has started back up, so check them out. Film news headlines. 
glorious podcast form, all that stuff. Uh, if you like Star Trek and role-playing podcasts, you could check out our other show. It's called Klingons and Dragons, KlingonsDragons.com. Uh, there should be a new episode up by the time this airs. Uh, if you want to contact us, uh, reach out to us, tell us your personal history with uh, with the Final Fantasy franchise or everything that we're ignorant about in that in that uh, in that world. I know I've only played one other Final Fantasy game and couldn't tell you anything about the lore except I think Cloud was in it um, <laughs> okay. and Lightning. Those are characters, right? Storm, or just and, weather, yeah, right. just weather, Storm. weatherman, yeah, weatherman. Yeah, Cyclops. No, that's the other. <laughs> wait, wait, that's the uh, anyway, you can reach us via email, frontporchpod at gmail.com or on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or all the other places. Thanks as always for listening. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Bye.